Welcome to the Patricia Raskin Show, the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions. And now, the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio. Here's your host, Patricia Raskin. Hello, everyone, and welcome. Welcome to the Patricia Raskin Positive Living Show right here on voiceamerica.com, America's Voice. We're in our 23rd year on Voice America and very proud of it. And this is the program that shows you how to turn your obstacles into opportunities and your problems into solutions and make your dreams come true. And today's no exception. I have on an amazing guest, one of my favorites, who I've had on several times. She's really um, an icon in this field of relationships, of spirituality, of love. My guest is Arielle Ford. She's an author, speaker, and relationship expert. Arielle Ford is a celebrated love and relationship expert, author, and speaker whose mission is to help people find love, keep love, and most importantly, be love. She's a gifted writer, and she's the award-winning author of 11 nonfiction books, including the international bestseller, The Soulmate Secret, Manifest the Love of Your Life with the Law of Attraction. She's also written many groundbreaking books, including Turn Your Mate into Your Soulmate and Wabi Sabi Love, The Ancient Art of Finding Perfect Love in Imperfect Relationships. Arielle has been called the Cupid of Consciousness and the Fairy Godmother of Love. In her debut novel, The Love Thief, is it's a roller coaster ride of love, betrayal, and unexpected transformation with a juicy revenge subplot and a surprise ending. One reviewer said, The Love Thief is an emotional journey where you'll finish so completely satisfied you'll want a hypothetical cigarette. <laughs> Welcome, Ariel. Thank you, Patricia. You know, what I love, I know your work and I, I know your books. We've talked about them. And what I loved about this is you really, to me, the principles that you teach were woven throughout this book. Even though it's a novel and it's a story, what you believe in about love and about forgiveness and about really getting in touch with yourself, I think was very much part of this book. So the first question I have is, Talk about why you called the book The Love Thief. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, so The Love Thief was not the original title of the book. I wanted to call it The Love Walla, because in India, a walla is somebody who's the best at what they do. And I had this whole idea of what the book was going to be around based on that title. But I was working with a freelance editor in the U.K., who, after she gave me her notes on the book, said, oh, and by the way, you have to change the title. And I was like, why? I love that. I wrote the book based on the title. I love the title. She said, okay, but here in the UK, calling somebody a walla is a racial slur. So nobody's going to buy the book here. And I was like, oh, my God. And the book was essentially done at this point. So I had to I had to go in and do do a lot of manipulations to change it. But one night I was in bed late at night thinking about what is the best title for this book. The book is a romantic spiritual thriller, mm-hmm. right? And and what title could it be? And I was it's like midnight. My husband's sleeping. Uh, I can see how dark it is outside. And I decided to talk to my dead sister. I was like, Debbie, I need a title for this book. What do you think of the love thief? If you like the love thief, could you send me a sign? And in that instant, I saw a falling star. And wow. I knew that the love thief was the right title. Wow. 
Yeah, there you go. I mean, that's this whole, and you feel a lot of that throughout the book. And I will tell you, I don't usually read books cover to cover because I get a lot of them, but I really did read this and I, I really enjoyed it. And I really, um, what was interesting is you felt what she went through. You also, what I also liked is you talked about other characters and their stories. So even though, and her name is Holly, Holly explained the pain she went through. She had been betrayed by this awful villain who was a despicable person. And But the people she talked to also had stories. And my question to you is, did you put those stories in about their pain, whether or not they were a widower or whether something had happened, a divorce? Did you put those in to show that it wasn't just Holly's story, but that this is universal, that we do have loss in our life? Why did you put the other stories in? Well, you know, as a writer, I believe that in order to write a good book, you have to have the reader fall in love with you from page one. And the way that they fall in love with you is they have to trust you. They have to know you. They have to feel your vulnerability. So with every character I introduced, I I specifically wanted Holly to know their pain, to know that if they were going to be a guide or an advisor, that she could trust them, that they had been where she is now. Maybe not the exact same circumstances, but they had felt the same depth of pain, the, the same, you know, wanting to leave the earth because everything was going so wrong. So that was very deliberate. Yeah. And the villain, Barry. Um, who kept proclaiming his love for her. I mean, even to the end when she knew everything. So we would call him a narcissist or sociopath. Why did you pick that particular personality? Um, Because I have so many girlfriends that have had a relationship with a toxic narcissist that have had their hearts broken, their dreams crushed, and their money stolen by good-looking, charming, successful, charismatic men who love-bombed them. And I wanted to let people know that they weren't alone because most women who've had that kind of relationship don't really want to talk about it because there's so much shame attached to it. You know, they're thinking, you know, here I am, this successful person. I'm smart. I've made my way in the world. And yet I got conned. I got taken in, you know, like the Dirty John story, which so many people know about, where this guy kept proclaiming to be a doctor and he found this wealthy Orange County woman and love bombed her. She fell in love with him and he stole everything from her. Uh, Fortunately, that also had a happy ending. He tried to kill her daughter and she killed him. But that's a different story. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so yes, love bombing is what happens when you're, you're targeted as prey by a toxic narcissist. They see you, they want you, and the thing they know, because you're successful and you're single, they know that you're, there's a big hole in your heart, that you're aching for somebody to romance you and to whisper in your ear all the things you've ever wanted to hear. Mm. And they do that, and they do it really well until you're hooked, until you become a junkie for them. Yeah. And then the real him shows up. So the question is, in all your work, and you've done counseling around this, you've done many courses in love and in finding the right relationship, How, what would you say to those girlfriends now in terms of how can you spot this? It's difficult. It's like the con person. How, how do you prevent it or spot it? 
Well, it's actually not so hard to spot. What happens is they they see the red flags and they choose not to pay attention to them because they think their dream has finally come true and they think they're going to be the one to change them because what happens with these kinds of guys is, you know, let's say they lie to you about something and you confront them with the lie. Now, they may start off trying to deny it, but if it's an undeniable situation, what they'll do is rather than deny it, they'll say, you're right. I did that. I am so sorry. I will never do it again. I want to be a better man. And the only way I can be a better man is through you. You are such a good woman that I will change who I am to be the man that you deserve. And that's a red flag. Of course, that's a red flag. But the other thing that happens is, you know, when you're being romanced like this, when you're being love bomb, chances are you're going to have sex with them way too soon. And as soon as you have sex with them, you're sort of hooked because the oxytocin levels go to super high. You're in the state that we call being in love, which is nature's greatest drug high. It's your brain on drugs. It's your brain on adrenaline and dopamine and oxytocin. And you're now you're now what pimps do with young girls when they're trafficking. You're getting turned out. You know, you want more of the drug and they give you just enough of the love drug to keep you around, but you're being manipulated. So the thing I want women to understand is it's not your fault that you had this experience. You know, the, if, I don't know if you remember, but the first line in the book is my mother was right. Holly knew from day one, her mother tried to tell her, you know, but it was too late already. I, within one date, it was too late. She was 38. Her, her, you know, uterus was screaming, let's have a baby. This gorgeous, wealthy guy shows up and says, we're going to have beautiful kids together. Where have you been all my life? I've been waiting for you. Mm-hmm. And She doesn't want to give up the dream. She doesn't even know it's a dream because she's so innocent, as most of us are. We don't know that these evil men see us as prey, Mm. that you were targeted. So I think what I'm hearing you say is watch out for that talk. Watch out when someone says to you, I'll do anything for you. I'll change myself. You're the only thing in my life that means anything. Watch out when you start hearing that. Get a good therapist instantly and pay them a lot of money so you'll listen to them, you know, because I'm what usually happens is I'll give you one instance. I had one friend who uh, I had warned because I was in a doctor's office one day and this woman I did know walked up to me and said, you're friends with Judy so-and-so. And And I said, yes. She said, she's in big trouble. I said, what do you mean? Well, she's dating Let's call him Barry. She's dating Barry and Barry's done this, that, and the other thing. And I know because I used to be in carpool with our kids together years ago. And he's, he claims to only have one ex-wife. He has three. Like she gave me all this information. So I went home and I called Judy and I said, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but I just met this woman, Susie. And Susie said this, that, and the other thing about Barry. She said, okay, um, let me, I'll call you back. 10 minutes later, Barry calls me, who I had met once, and said, I heard you met Susie. A lot of what she said is true. Yes, we did have carpool together with our kids. And yes, we did. I did this, but I wasn't married to that woman. I was just living with her. 
And she always had a crush on me and she's jealous. And every time I get a new girlfriend, she mm-hmm. does this. And she uh, made, and everything he said to me was believable. And right. so I said, oh, okay, well, I'm sorry I caused this disruption. He goes, oh, you have nothing to apologize for. Uh, You're such a good friend to our Judy. Thank you for doing that. So I was convinced, all right, I was warned for her. But seven months later, she called me up and we had brunch one Sunday. And she brought me a notebook with three ring binder with lots of pages in it. What was in there? Letters from people around town warning her emails people around town had sent her all the evidence she could have wanted a whole thing and i said why did it take you so long to listen she said he kept telling me i could heal him she was she was um she was a well-known psychotherapist Mm -hmm. okay it can happen to anybody Mm. so i wrote this book because i witnessed so many times that i wanted people to know that that it's not your fault Right. Here's what's really going on. You know, here's what you can do to heal yourself, even though you don't think you're ever going to heal again, you know, and, and it, and the, the book was inside of me insisting to be written. I never once had a to-do list that said, write a novel ever. Yeah. Yeah. And then the story showed up. Yeah. Well, it's compelling. And I have to say, Ariel, you know, I've interviewed and I'm not saying this in a braggy way, but I've interviewed over 5000 people in four decades. And every time I interview you, your stories are so empowering and so impactful and so visceral. And I really appreciate that because I'm hoping that this helps someone out there who, if they aren't being love bombed, they know somebody who is and will help them. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, there's plenty more to talk to Ariel Ford about with Love Thief, about love, about what works, about how spirituality can help you. You're listening to the Patricia Raskin Positive Living Show right here on voiceamerica.com, America's Voice, and we'll be right back. Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. Psych Up Live with host Dr. Suzanne Phillips offers a psychological perspective on coping with common and current life issues. This show addresses topics as varied as marital stress, insomnia, depression, raising teens, campus violence, and building self-resilience. Listen in as Dr. Phillips and her guest experts share the latest in books, findings, and information that will inform and enhance your life journey. Psych Up Live is heard every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. It's time to unlock some of the best-kept secrets in health, wealth, and happiness. Are you ready to live your life to the fullest and hear insider tips from today's experts? Then tune in to The Forbes Factor with celebrity TV host, keynote speaker, and inspirational icon, Forbes Riley. She's a best-selling author and TV fitness expert, and you know her from QVC and HSN. Now, she brings her expert advice and guests to the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in live every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time for the Forbes Factor. We guarantee it will be the best hour of your week. Get Unchained. Tune in every Wednesday for Unchained TV on the Voice America Variety Channel. Featuring nationally recognized, best-selling author, TV journalist, and the founder of the Unchained TV free streaming network, Jane Velez Mitchell. 
This program takes you inside a trending lifestyle that's the next wave of human evolution. It all starts on your plate. If you want to revolutionize your life, get happier, more energized, then discover the secret. Tune in to Unchained TV, Wednesdays at 12 p.m. Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. are listening to the patricia raskin show if you wish to call into our program today please call 1-866-472-5788 that number again is 1-866-472-5788 you may also send an email to patricia at patriciaraskin.com now back to the patricia raskin show hi everyone and we are back and my guest is Ariel ford who is a gifted writer and award-winning author of 11 Nonfiction books, including the international bestseller, The Soulmate Secret, Manifest the Love of Your Life with the Law of Attraction. She also has written many groundbreaking books, including Turn Your Mate into a Soulmate and Wabi Sabi Love, The Ancient Art of Finding Perfect Love in Imperfect Relationships. She's been called the Cupid of Consciousness and the Fairy Godmother of Love. Arielle Ford's debut novel, which we're talking about today, is The Love Thief. And it's a roller coaster ride of love and betrayal, an unexpected transformation with a juicy revenge subplot and a surprise ending. Welcome back, Ariel. Thank you. All right. So here's my question We've been talking about what happens when we get love bombed by um, a narcissist, by someone who's toxic, by someone who's a con person, which is what happens to Holly in the book through Barry. And so she's on a healing journey. And she's on and throughout the book, she's on a healing journey too. She goes to India. And I'll ask you about India, but here's my question. Something you wrote in the book, and it really resonated for me. You talked about, or she said, you become comfortable with the pain. And so what happens is you have this, after you're trying to get over, if you will, the toxic love, you're in this emotional pain and you're in it and it keeps coming back and back. And there's almost a comfort level because it's something we know. Please address that and how we can move out of that. Yeah, I think the analogy I used was, you know, remember when you were a little kid and you lost a tooth and now there's a hole in your mouth and your tongue keeps going to the hole in your mouth because you're looking for the loose tooth and it's not there. That's kind of what the healing process is like. You were so used to having this pain and this despair and as it starts to lighten up or we might get a little better, you know, we, we sort of rubber band back to, you know, Oh no, I'm still suffering. Uh, Cause it's now our story. And we tell the story over and over. And every time somebody says, Oh, how are you doing since you broke up with Barry? And then you go right back into the story. Oh, it was the worst nightmare experience in my life. He did this and he did that. And now you're on this feedback loop that goes over and over again. And part of the healing process is first allowing yourself a little bit of time in that space to be at the bottom of the pit. But then get to the point where you're not going to indulge the story anymore. When you catch yourself being in the story, you can say, hey, enough of that. Let's, you know, let's talk about happier things. Isn't your birthday next week? And change the subject. And this 
requires being a mature adult and managing your thoughts and emotions rather than being on automatic, which is where we are when we're telling our sob story and having a pity party. Right. And yet in the beginning, that anger is important, right? We don't want to deny that it happens. So in some way, it serves us in the beginning because we're feeling it. We're not burying it. Right. You don't want to suppress it. You know, that'll just make you sick. And you don't want to do a spiritual bypass. Oh, it was just meant to be. It was my bad karma. You know, I must have done something in a past life or whatever it is. You know, you want to allow yourself to feel what you're feeling. Find a way to release it. You know, maybe it's therapy. Maybe it's a coach. Maybe it's journaling. Maybe it's EFT tapping. Maybe it's all of those things. You know, and then find a way to move on. Now, the interesting thing about this book is that Holly was not a seeker. She was not on a spiritual path. In fact, she was a reaction to her new age baby boomer mother who used to hang dream catchers over her crib. She was not interested in meditation or, uh, you know, Esther Hicks cruises or all the stuff her mom did. And she went to India not to find solace or healing. She went to India to go to cooking school. She was a chef. Right. But then all of this stuff happened for her, and she ends up becoming a believer. Yeah, which which is really, um, and I'm, I'm really glad you explained that, because what you're saying is that he went to, she went to the right place to become a believer, India. But she didn't know that. You know, she had, so she had, in the book, she has an Auntie Gita. Her auntie is her mother's best friend and boss. And it was her Auntie Gita who said, my cousin has a cooking school in Rishikesh, India. I'm going to pay for you to go to school as a gift, as a heal your heart gift, so you can do the thing you love most love to do, which is cook. So she didn't know when she got to Rishikesh that it is the meditation and yoga capital of the universe. She had no idea, you know, and yet all of it served her. And that was a question about that city. What about the Ganges River in terms of having healing power? Well, that's actually the story in there. The character in the book, uh, the holy woman, Saviji, is my best friend. She is a real person. She is an American, a Jewish girl from Los Angeles who went to Stanford and ended up going to India uh, after having a life of amazing amount of emotional and sexual abuse by her birth father. And while she was in India, a guru told her to immerse herself in the Ganges River and give her pain to the river. And in that moment, she had an enlightenment experience. And now 28 years later, she's running the largest ashram in Rishikesh. And she's a a world-renowned holy woman. So that's based on a true story. And I had her permission to use her story. And uh, in the book, she tells the story how the Ganges is a uh, is a goddess in the Hindu pantheon. She is a goddess and she's a goddess who brought, provides healing. And she guides Kali to give her pain to the river, which Kali does several times and eventually it works. So how much of this is based on real stories and real people? And how much is total fiction? Um, Well, the whole book is a work of fiction, for starters. Okay, so, you know, I wrote it as a work of fiction so I could mess with the story. But 
almost every character in the book is inspired by people that I've met or I have known or stories that I've heard or things that have happened to me. You know, and, you know, Barry is a composite character of three different toxic narcissists, you know, and so in the book, Barry, Barry ends up going to prison. Well, that happened to one of the three people I based it on, only it wasn't for art theft, it was for some other kind of theft. So, um, you know, they say you write what you know. Mm -hmm. And what I did was I changed everything enough so that nobody could ever say, you know, you part person. Right. You know, and uh, who is Holly based on? Is she a composite of people? She, yes. Holly is a composite of my three girlfriends who all, you know, got their hearts broken and their dreams crushed and their money stolen, you know, and, and, you know, these are all good friends of mine. So in the book, she's much younger than my friends are. Hmm. Holistic healing practices are a major part of your novel. So how does that tie in? And you even, you have food as medicine recipes as well. Why was that important and how does it fit in? Well, you know, the thing that I love about India is that it's just, you know, such a beautiful assault on all your senses. It looks, tastes, smells, and sounds different than anything in America. You know, some people think Disneyland is the greatest place on earth. They love everything about it. I totally hate Disneyland. For me, it's totally fake and manufactured and nothing's real. But I get to India and that's my Disneyland. I love the sounds of India. I love the food and the, you know, the smells and the tastes and the people and, and, you know, the fact that you can't avoid having a spiritual experience. It's everywhere. So, um, the, the recipes were important. You know, I wanted people, I wanted people to feel like even if they've never been to India, that I took them there. Now, here's the question, Ariel. Do you think that without this journey, which was a healing journey, even though she didn't think it was going to be, do you think she could have healed and found another relationship that was healthy if she hadn't done the spiritual work? You know, we'll never know, you know, like had she committed to, you know, therapy with the right therapist or the right kind of coaching and, and really put herself on a path to, you know, heal from the, from the trauma, because it was a trauma, because not only did her fiance betray her, he betrayed her with her best friend and business partner. And when she yes. discovered that she nearly died in a car accident. So she was broken on every level. You know, she almost lost her life. She lost her business. She lost her life's dream of finding Prince Charming and having a family. So th there's nothing left that could have happened to her. It, you know, it was a trifecta of, of horribleness. And Carly was her sister or her friend? Her friend. She didn't have a sister. She was the only child of a single woman, never knew her father, and always secretly yearned to have a dad. Mm -hmm. So in the book, that also becomes a reality for her. She finds a father figure. Yeah. So she had loss on every level. Yeah. So what I'm hearing is that would be very difficult to overcome without therapy. I can't imagine how you could do it without therapy to, you know, to be so, so broken. I mean, her mother was a, a paralegal and her auntie was, you know, a business attorney. So there wasn't, you know, it wasn't like she had a best friend who was going to hold her hand and take her through it. And she did have a lot of nice friends, 
but they weren't on this on this path. And even though her mother tried to introduce her to this path as a child growing up, she was a total reaction to it. It wasn't until she tripped over it. She didn't go looking for spiritual comfort. It found her. Fascinating. All right. We're going to take a break. And when we come back, we'll talk to Arielle Fald forward more about the spiritual component of her book and also that this could become a streaming series. So we're going to talk to Arielle about that as well. Um, my guest again is Arielle Ford, and she is the author of the of her first novel, which is called The Love Thief. And she's a gifted writer and award-winning author of 11 nonfiction books beside. Stay tuned, folks. We'll be right back. Voice America is on LinkedIn. Connect with us today. The boroughs are New York City. The burbs are everywhere else. Real estate is the ultimate game of risk and reward. It's the biggest investment most people ever make. Fortunes are made over a lifetime and lost in a day. And we're not playing with Monopoly money. How do you stay ahead? Who's buying? Who's selling? And why? What do they know? We want the truth. You need an edge. Burrows and Burbs is your secret weapon to giving you the insider knowledge and strategies you need to succeed in the high-stakes world of real estate. From Palm Beach to Palm Springs, Manhattan to Malibu, we press the experts to expose the pain, find the deals, and occasionally predict the future. That's Burrows and Burbs, 3 o'clock Eastern, noon Pacific, because everyone can make money in real estate. It is time to change the negative narrative of divorce. Families are hungry for a different option. Listen to The Good Divorce Show with Karen McNinney. You will discover how to function as one family living in two homes. There are high-functioning, stable, and happy divorce families living in your neighborhood. What's their secret sauce? What did their journey look like? Do they have regrets or recommendations? Let's find out. It's never too late to have a good divorce. The Good Divorce Show, Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. All who live face a time of passing. Is death the end, or will souls enter an afterlife? Have you ever wondered about historical figures and what they would say if they were alive today? Psychics and authors Barry and Connie Strom will use their gift of spirit communication to answer questions and channel spirits concerning the hereafter. Tune in to Spirit Speak, exploring the afterlife with Barry and Connie Strom at 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com are listening to the patricia raskin show if you wish to call into our program today please call 1-866-472-5788 that number again is 1-866-472-5788 you may also send an email to patricia at patriciaraskin.com now back to the patricia raskin show hi everyone we are back and we are talking to Ariel ford whose debut novel is the love thief a roller coaster ride of love and betrayal and unexpected transformation with a juicy revenge subplot and a surprise ending. Ariel has been called the Cupid of Consciousness and the Fairy Godmother of Love. She is an author of 11 nonfiction books, including the 
bestseller, which is an international bestseller, The Soulmate Secret, Manifest the Love of Your Life with the Law of Attraction, and many other books as well. Welcome back, Ariel. Thank you. All right. So when we were talking about, you know, the crimes uh, that Barry did in terms of being the con man, you know, I know you're very um, knowledgeable about holistic health and about holistic practices. And, you know, learning more about the FBI and what goes on in terms of, you know, the legal world and the art world was was different. So talk about the research you did for that. Well, I, when I when the book idea first came to me, I didn't want to write it. I never wanted to write a novel. I was totally resistant. And the story kept showing up in my head like a movie. And I kept pushing it away, saying, go away, go away. I don't want to do this. And it wouldn't go away. So finally, I said to God one day, I said, listen, if I'm going to write this book, I need to manifest a business class ticket to India to do research and, and I said, so if you send me a $7,000 business class ticket, I'll go do the book. And I was felt so relieved. I thought, oh, this is great. That's never going to happen. Two days later, I had the ticket in my hand. That's How did that happen? <coughs> I ran into an old business partner and he said to me, what's new? What are you up to? And I said, oh, I'm just trying to manifest a trip to India I'm writing a book. And he said to me, well, when do you want to go? And I gave him some dates and he looked at his calendar and he said, I'll take you. He said, last time we went to India, we had a blast because we'd been in business together. So it just happened that fast. And what was even better was the day before we were supposed to leave, he had to cancel. He couldn't go, which was fine with me because I had a lot of research to do and I didn't need a distraction. So that was the first thing that happened. And then, you know, as the story kept unfolding and I saw that it involved a big fraud case and that I was going to need to be able to write about it in a very believable way, I started tracking down FBI agents to interview. And I ended up with the lead FBI agent who started the fraud, the art fraud division 20 plus years ago. And from there, I needed to find out about interviewing uh, federal prosecutors and defense attorneys uh, because there was this whole legal thing going on. So uh, a lot of the four and a half years I spent writing was spent uh, doing research. And how did you weave that into the book? I mean, how did, because when I read it, I wouldn't have known right, that you had talked to someone from the FBI or someone who was a prosecutor, because maybe it's because of the way you wrote it, very matter of fact. So it might have only been 10, 10 or 15 lines that you spent all that time researching. Yeah, well, I, pe- I wanted to seem very real for everybody, you know, and, and uh, one of the heroes of the book is an FBI agent. Right. You know? So I needed to be able to describe his behavior and what his life would look like. So it was it was a puzzle. And going into it, you know, I didn't know how to write a novel because I'd never considered writing one. And it's a good thing I didn't know what I didn't know because it just took so many rewrites and so many edits. And, you know, I always joke that the longest chapter of the book is the acknowledgments because I went to, to so many different people for input and help. But... Um, you know, I'm very pleased with the way it turned out. I, The thing that really surprised me 
was that I get so many calls and emails from readers who say to me, you know, you wrote this book for me. Wow. You just described it to the T the experience that I had. Now, these are people I don't know. And I tell them, well, I'm glad you feel that way. And I didn't write it for you. But I've gotten so many calls like that, that I'm actually holding a free two-hour Zoom this coming Saturday, August 26th, where I have an expert PhD psychotherapist who is an expert in toxic narcissism coming on to explain what to do and how to get out of it. Sadviji, the holy woman, is going to come on and talk about the spiritual and emotional healing of being having your heart broken, being with a narcissist. And then you may remember in the book, there's a whole section about having a naughty reading, these very mystical palm leaf readings in India. And so there's a friend of mine who actually facilitates those for people in India. He's going to come on. And during the course of the two hours, we have a bunch of prizes that we're going to give out in in a drawing. One will be a naughty reading. You know, one will be a consultation with the doctor. One will be an hour with me. So this whole event is free. And if people go to the website, they can register. It's thelovethief.com slash heal, thelovethief.com slash heal. And you can sign up for free. Now, what if they listen to this program afterwards because it's evergreen? And they say, oh, I wish I had, I wish I could have heard that. Yeah, well, if you register you and you don't make it to the live call, we'll send you a replay link to keep. Okay. So, you know, because I just got an email this morning from a woman in Hawaii saying, you know, it'll be four in the morning my time. I can't be there. So no yeah. problem. Just register. We'll send you the link. Thelovethief.com slash heal. And if someone listens to this six months later, they can probably get online and write to you or just write to info and say, I miss that. Is there any way you can send something? Well, you know, I haven't figured all that out. I'm a, I'm a low tech person with no staff. So this is as far as I've gotten is that, you know, right okay. now you can register and you can get it. I'll ask my web guy if we could set it up on a permanent auto responder okay. to send people the link. Oh, you know what? We can put it on, we can put it on my YouTube channel, Ariel Ford. Yes. I have an Ariel Ford YouTube channel, and eventually we'll get it up there as well. Be great. Thanks for thanks for mentioning that because I hadn't thought of that. Good. What about the future? Um, you wrote something in your press material about a producer who's very well known, who is very interested in creating a series around the love thief. Yes, her name's Suzanne Todd, and her movies have. Uh, grossed more than $3 billion. She's done all kinds of stuff, you know, like the Austin Power series and um, Johnny Depp and Alice Through the Looking Glass and, you know, a bunch of uh, women's movies. I can't think of the names of them right now. Anyway, she read early pages of the book. And you know her. Off. Yeah, I've known her for 30 years. And she just fell in love with the story and so her plan is to turn it into a limited streaming series. Now, it's not in production yet because, as you may know, in Hollywood, we have a writer strike and an actor strike. Nothing's happening yet. And so her, I talked to her last week. She's still 100% committed, wow. but we've got to get through all these strikes and then find the, the right writer because they're not just going to take the book. They have special writers and 
showrunners and stuff I don't know anything about. But yes, it, eventually you'll be able to see it on, you know, one of the streaming channels. That's so exciting, Ariel. Yeah. I bet in your wildest dreams, you never thought this would happen. Yeah, well, like I said, I never planned this. So I just keep following the breadcrumbs. You know, it's not like I, I woke up and decided to have this whole new life. And I don't even know if I'll ever write another novel. Uh, you know, I have a title for the next one, but I have no commitment to do it again. I'm very much a person who lives in the moment. I'm not a planner. The only thing I ever plan is vacations. You know, I'll I'll put a lot of time and energy into planning a vacation. In fact, I've got a big one planned for next May. I'm going to take a group of single women to Tuscany to learn uh-huh. how to manifest love. Uh, you saw it, Under the Tuscan Sun, of course. Of course, but we're going to be in Tuscany and Venice. So, um, you know, the easiest way to learn all this stuff about me is at my website, which is my name, arielford.com. And all my events are on there, too. Yeah, which is which is really wonderful. You know, you say that you live in the moment more or you, you follow the breadcrumbs. However, you're an entrepreneur. I mean, all of us that are doing these things kind of creatively are, in a sense, entrepreneurs. So don't you think there's a certain amount of planning to, you know, to find the publishers, to find the clients, to find the courses? You know, I used to be very intentional that way. You know, I think, oh, well, I would like to do so-and-so. And now I pretty much don't have, I have a travel bucket list, but I don't have a work or a creative bucket list anymore. So I just, like I said, follow the breadcrumbs. Like, I didn't want to do this book. And yet the book insisted on being written. I never thought about having streaming series at all. I never saw it on the big screen until Suzanne read it and said, oh, this is what I want to do. So the older I get, the more I've learned is if I stay out of my own way, then the universe delivers things bigger than my imagination. Because I could be intentional. I could say, oh, okay, next June, I want to make sure that I get to go back to Santorini and I'd make a plan for that. But these days, it was like this Tuscany trip that came up. I didn't think, oh, wouldn't it be fun to take 40 women to Tuscany? Mm. What happened was these promoters in Italy wrote to me and said, we've got this beautiful villa and we host events here. What do you think about bringing a group of single women to our villa? I was like, well, I like that idea. So it's it's a different thing. It's more about being in the feminine receptive mode as opposed to where I lived most of my life in the masculine testosterone driven, let's go make stuff happen. Yes, However, before we go to break, I want to say that's true, but you've built that. You know, you've built that. So now that it's built, now people are coming to you. Yes, definitely. And and I wouldn't change a thing about the way I've done things up until this point. But this is what the, the gift of the pandemic was for me. I got to really look and see what what and why things worked in my life. And that's when I realized the biggest, most amazing stuff that ever happened to me wasn't something that I plotted and planned. It was something that I just said, God, I have no idea what to do here. Send me a sign. And then I would follow the little signs and the little signs led to something beyond my imagination. Incredible. Thank you. All right. We're going to take a break and when we come back for our last segment with Arielle, we'll talk more about the book, The Love Thief. We'll talk about 
spirituality and how this can help us in our lives, how we can spot things that may not be in our favor, and what are some holistic practices that might help us as well. You're listening to the Patricia Raskin Positive Living Show right here on voiceamerica.com, America's Voice. We'll be right back. Birdie told me Voice America is on Twitter. Follow us at Voice America TRN. As humans, we suffer when we believe we are not good enough. We are taught we must be better, look better, try harder, and achieve more. We cope with the stress and disappointment of life in ways that make us feel worse and keep us stuck in a cycle of unworthiness. We don't have to live this way. You don't have to live this way. Kirsten and her guests will share how self-acceptance and unconditional self-love can help you break this cycle and find freedom. Listen to Giraffe Tango Octopus, Freedom for Humans, with Kirsten Johansson, Wednesdays at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel. Planning for college? Tune in to Getting In, a college coach conversation for tips, techniques, and insider perspectives. Hosted by Bright Horizons College Coach, a team of former admissions and financial aid officers, the show takes a deep dive on subjects such as choosing the best essay topic, negotiating merit aid, and navigating the common app. Listeners will learn what really goes into college acceptance decisions from the experts who used to make them. New episodes drop Thursdays on the Voice America Variety Channel. Today, our 40s sit firmly in midlife. We are starting to feel our place and have many productive years ahead. But now is the best time to plan for our future life. Listen for 45 Forward with host Ron Roel. From retirement to health and technology to caring for our parents, no topic is off the table. We don't have a roadmap to our actual future, but we can start to plan more effectively. Tune into 45 Forward, Mondays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. are listening to the Patricia Raskin show. If you wish to call into our program today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That number again is 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to patricia at patriciaraskin.com. Now, back to the Patricia Raskin show. Hi, everyone, and we are back, and I'm back with Ariel Ford, whose debut novel, The Love Thief, is a roller coaster ride of love, of betrayal, and unexpected transformation. And Ariel's been called the Cupid of Consciousness, the Fairy Godmother of Love, and she's written ground, groundbreaking books, including Turn Your Mate Into Your Soulmate and Wabi Sabi Love, The Ancient Heart, Art of Finding Perfect Love in Imperfect Relationships. She's also the award-winning author of 11 nonfiction books, including the international bestseller, The Soulmate Secret, Manifest the Love of Your Life with the Law of Attraction. And her mission is to help people find love, keep love, and be love. So welcome back again, Arielle. Thank you. So talk about how we can incorporate these spiritual practices into our life to manifest what we want or to be in the flow of what we want. Well, 
being in the flow is actually critical to all of it, you know, because in order to manifest, you first have to embody how you most want to feel getting what it is your desire is. So let's say your desire is to uh, have a, a partner, a soulmate in your life. You know, you can make all the wish lists you want and you can go on all the dating apps and do all of that. But if your inner belief system is, I don't deserve it, I can't have it, I'm too old, I'm too fat, I'm too damaged, all the good ones are taken, you are going to get to be right. You can't have it. So the first thing that I recommend is that you do a daily gratitude process where every day you sit down and you close your eyes and you imagine inside of your heart each of the people that you know, that you love, that love you. So you might want to make a list before you, let's say you make a list. Mom loves me, sister loves me, best friend loves me, business partner loves me. You know, just make a list, put their names down. Then close your eyes, move your attention to your heart, and then send each of them a wave of gratitude and love. I'm so grateful that my best friend, Betsy, loves me so much. And you do this every single day at the same time, because what that does is it raises your love frequency. It fills you up with love. You're no longer looking at the world from a place of, oh, I'm all alone. I have no love. Boo-hoo. No one's ever going to be there for me. So you have to be the adult to yourself and fill yourself up with love and gratitude every day. And then you do that with whatever desire you have. Let's say your desire is you want to make a career shift and you know you want to be a home chef delivering meals to you know parent, busy parents with kids. You sit down, you drop into your heart, you imagine what it feels like to be getting calls and texts and emails from your clients saying, oh my God, little Jimmy, love that spaghetti. He hasn't eaten like this in forever. And you just spend time feeling what it feels like to already have the thing that you say that you desire. Yeah. And you call that in your other books, feelingization. Yes. Because the brain doesn't know the difference between feeling it and really being there. Yeah. Yeah. Before we close, I'm going to ask you kind of a fun question. In the book, Holly is one of her therapy practices, sends an F list to Barry that she doesn't really send. F this and he did this and, you know, with the F word, must have been 10 things. Was that really healing for her? Absolutely. And I got that practice from a friend of mine who's a psychiatrist who knew that I was writing the book, who actually knew all three of my friends who went through this. And I said, you know, I said, I need some kind of anger release thing for Holly to do when she just can't stand it anymore. And he gave me that. He said, this is what you have her do. She says, F this, F that, F you, F this. And there's probably like 25 of them. There's a lot of F-bombs in this book. But she gets to verbally and physically express all this rage that is bubbling up inside of her. So I think the F word is one of the most beautiful words in the world in any language and that it's very appropriate when you're trying to let go and express something. Mm-hmm. All right. Closing thoughts. What would you like to leave our listeners with about the book, The Love Thief, about love, about relationships, about possibility? Well, there's a couple of things. I mean, I think the point of the book is is that you can see that there's hope after devastation. 
that no matter how bad you feel, no matter how broken your heart is, no matter how broken your spirit is, that, that it won't always be like this, that healing can come and it will come from unexpected places. Holly in a million years never dreamed of going to India, never dreamed that she would, you know, sit at the feet of, of a holy woman who would give her the recipe to healing her heart. That was never there, but you could see that magic does happen. So I would want people to know that that no matter how bad things are, they will get better, that there's no shortage of love in the world. So many people live like, oh, I'm too old. It's all over for me. And then they want to give me statistics. Well, you know, statistically, there are, you know, 70% more women over 75 than there are men. And the ones that are there will only want younger women. And there's all these myths that people buy into. And they're not true, for starters. And you only need one. Even if everything you want to say about it is true, it doesn't matter because we are magical beings living in a magical universe. And should we open our heart and choose to welcome in love, it will come. But as long as you keep slamming the door saying, oh, no, it's too possible. It's, you know, it's impossible for me. You're just going to get to be right. The last thing I would want to say is that my favorite line in A Course in Miracles is a mantra everybody can use every day. And it's very simple. It says, in this moment, I have everything that I need. Mm-hmm. In this moment, I have everything that I need. Because it is always true. No matter what's going on in your life, in this moment, you have a place to sit. You have fresh air to breathe. You have water to drink. And you just need to be in this moment. Thank you, Ariel. Thank you so much for being on the program. Stay on the line for a minute. All right, folks, that wraps up this edition of the Patricia Raskin Positive Living Show. Um, you can go to arielford.com. To find me, Patricia at patriciaraskin.com. If you'd like to get my newsletter, and also if you're thinking of doing your own podcast and spreading your mess, your positive message across the airwaves, I'd love to help you. I've interviewed over 5,000 guests in my work, and I this is a real mission for me to get these positive messages out. All right. And remember, stay healthy, stay happy, get the support you need, and know you can make your dreams come true. Until next time, I'm Patricia Raskin. Bye for now. Thank you for tuning in to this week's edition of The Patricia Raskin Show. Be sure to join Patricia Raskin and another amazing guest next Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have an outstanding week.